For many people, there are areas of their lives that just don't look and feel the way they wish they did. The Next Generation Wellness podcast is dedicated to unpacking the physical, mental, emotional and social stress triggers that stack together and make that experience so. Years of piling these triggers together often leave us feeling overwhelmed, anxious, irritable, depleted or unhappy and operating from a place of self-doubt, comparison, procrastination, perfectionism or busyness. We uncover the science, research and stories of what it takes to live with whole life success, along with improved ways of thinking and the stackable skills and habits to make it stick. I don't care one bit about the number on your scales, but I do care how you feel each day. Your energy and your mood are the best barometers of your health that you have. And if you are not waking with energy and sustaining that energy throughout the day without some sort of enhancers, or you're not going to bed calm enough to sleep restoratively, or you're not able to recalibrate your emotions throughout the day, then in my opinion, the number on the scales is the least of your problems. Nonetheless, it's a societal pressure how we look, and unfortunately, this pressure has encouraged a short-term mindset around our bodies. And when it comes to our bodies, it's really wise to understand that good short-term outcomes do not by default create good long-term outcomes. This body shape and appearance obsession is driving us to make all sorts of short-term processes, these all-or-nothing short-term processes rather than developing a patient and long-term process around our body. And getting that process right means that the process and the body have the best chance at lasting the distance, at winning the battle when a health challenge arises or a life challenge, an external event occurs that requires some really serious inner resources to get through it. A really good process helps to bring volition in moment-to-moment temptations that are all around us in our modern day. So focusing on a short-term outcome and process means we're usually emotionally driven. So you might know this scenario. I call it the body shame cycle. And it begins with a thought that says, I feel, I don't know, you can insert whatever you like, fat, sore, tired, cranky. I feel that today. Then it looks like this crazy person scramble, whether that's looking at what your friends are doing, Googling, looking back at some marketing material that you saved from ages ago or a social media post that you saved just in case you felt like this. And so basically you scramble for a short-term solution to manipulate your body fast. The short-term solution is usually something outside of yourself. And in this emotional scrambling state, in this body shame cycle, the choices are not typically well suited to us. They don't turn into a really good, positive, long-term process. And most often, they are not supporting a long-term positive health outcome. And we don't want that. Instead, we must bring focus back to developing this really good, long-term process for our body outside of emotion. And in order to develop that, we need a little lesson about your metabolism and how your body functions. We need to allow logic to shout louder than emotion, to shift a cultural mindset that has been shoved into your brain over a lifetime, whether you're aware of it or not. And common sense would say, looking at the health of our nation, that our current approach to being healthy is not working out so well. 
But if common sense doesn't prevail, then at least let the stats show that. And the current stats show that really our current decisions are landing about 63.4% of adults in an overweight body. Then there's about 1.3 million Australians who are experiencing a depressive disorder. There's 1.2 million with cardiovascular disease. And 5% of Aussies have a diagnosed autoimmune disease. And to me, these stats suggest that our decisions around our bodies are less than optimal. Now, I'm really fortunate when it comes to creating those long-term processes, partly because the nail was sharp enough when I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at 19. But also, somehow, fortunately, 20 plus years ago, I embarked on a process of studying the human body. And I just have this fascination with it. And seriously, what the body can do and and how it saddens me when people make choices that aren't supporting it most of the time. Because the body blows your mind when you understand it. I've manipulated mine for over 20 years. Some Some have been really positive manipulations, some not so much. But in that process, we get to learn a lot about our body and what works for us. But there is some foundational vital information that people need to understand before they start manipulating it intentionally. And, and make no mistake, we're all manipulating it in some tiny decision every moment. And, and sometimes those manipulations aren't positive. But what really happens is those small, seemingly tiny little manipulations that don't matter so much today, they do stack up. And they typically, for the majority of the population, they are stacking probability of success in the wrong direction. So this podcast is aimed at stopping you playing this game of mathematics that consumes your energy and your headspace at every mouthful and instead brings you back to listening to what your body is telling you, supporting your body. Your body remembers everything that you've done over a lifetime. And so we must understand how to support it better so that it works for us and supports us back. So this metabolism, it is very cool. It plays a huge role in how we look and feel, and yet not many people are really making their daily nutritional choices to support it or to boost it and and have it function optimally. So your metabolism isn't just affecting your weight, although it seems to be the common day narrative. Your metabolism is your body's process of turning calories that you consume into energy that your body uses. It enables a mind-boggling range of chemical reactions to take place inside your body without your instruction that keep you alive. It is impacted by other things too than just nutrition. It is impacted by your muscle mass, emotional stress, physical stress, toxic load, by your ethnicity, by your history of nutritional, physical and emotional choices. And we can touch on these in another in another session, but for now, there's a really big metabolism disruptor these days and it's at the core of this lesson. It begins as young as 10 years old for some, sadly. And it's this relentless need to count calories, to then restrict calories. The age-old calorie deficit leads to weight loss. And it's hardwired into us. And it may, a few times in your life, in a short-term approach and mindset, work. But as a long-term process and outcome, all it does is slow down your marvellous metabolism that drives how you look and feel each day. So you can insert the name of any diet you like. And make no mistake, most people have restricted their calories in an attempt to manipulate their appearance at some point in their life. But whatever it looks like, what we know is that most more than more than 2.3 million Australians from the age of 15 
have been on a diet of some kind to lose weight or for some other health reason. And sadly, there's this close correlation that we're finding to the frequency of dieting in somebody's life and the likelihood of them having depression. And this is no rocket science. It really is common sense when you understand how your body works. So calorie counting and calorie restriction is this perfect example of a short-term process and short-term outcome that is absolutely detrimental to a long-term process and long-term outcome. Some time ago, I looked back on my nutrition books from uni and I was just interested because this calorie equation has been around for a long time and I was wondering where it started. I was wondering why it didn't work anymore, at least for the long term. And so I found some really interesting things in that process. And the first was around this, the impact of caloric restriction on the messaging of nutrient starvation to the body. The remarkable body has over 50 trillion cells, trillions of bacteria, cellular communications on a level that we don't even understand today. And everything is happening without our conscious control. And all our body really asks of us to to function in this way is to fuel it, to support those functions. And each system requires something different for optimal function. Let's take, for example, the digestive system and the excretory system where they're the, the chemical and mechanical processes to provide nutrients for the body to use and to excrete harmful wastes and byproducts of digestion. And those systems, they need B vitamins, right? We might need to have some animal proteins, some mushrooms, some spinach, bananas, walnuts, seeds, legumes. And then there might be the immune system. It helps defend our body, obviously. And we need vitamin B, vitamin C, zinc, selenium, vitamin A. So we need to make sure we've got some oily fish in there, some berries, kale, broccoli, red meat, some seeds, some Brazil nuts. And then you've got the endocrine system, our, our beautiful chemical communication via hormones that, that you know many people blame. They blame their endocrine system. They blame their hormones for their challenges, like they're the bad guys, instead of reflecting on how their choices aren't supporting the beautiful function of that endocrine system. Then there's a the nervous system which helps our brain and muscles communicate to create action, the skeletal system, the circulatory system, the exocrine system, the muscular system, the renal system, the reproductive system, the respiratory system. All these systems in the body need vitamins and minerals, different ones to function optimally. And we all take this stuff for granted and then get really cranky and have self-pity when the body's not working properly. And I know I did. But it is the most incredible little community you have, your body. It is 100% there for you. And unlike others in your community or your home, you don't even have to ask your body to do its jobs. It's happy to help you if you just feed it. But it needs certain things. And unfortunately, through caloric restriction, we're creating a profile of nutrient starvation. And little by little, those important systems stop functioning at their optimal state and you don't notice it straight away. Just like growing but it's happening slowly, slowly until boom, overnight you are overweight, depressed, in pain, or you're tired. But it doesn't work that way. And of course, there's other things that drive these types of things, weight and depression and, and pain and being in fatigue. But, you know, things like emotions, and I'm not, I'm not discounting those and, and they're, they'll be in another session. But for now, we just must understand that when we look back, when I looked back on this on this restriction of calories in past studies, I found that 
there was this whole process that looked at this. There was a guy in the mid-1980s, Dr. Vincent Folletti, that he was investigating the results of starving um, or, or cal- calorie restriction for curbing obesity. And, and he discovered it that people, if they starved themselves on their fat stores and they took supplements, supplements of potassium and magnesium first because the heart would stop beating without those, they take supplements of protein because that would be the next deficiency to kill you and then supplements of vitamin C and other vitamins so that those systems work and you don't have disease that will kill you, then the participants lost weight. But they followed a really strict regime of ensuring that they were reducing calories but they were not starving the body of nutrients. But in today's era, because of addictive and toxic manufactured foods that we're surrounded with, we're making the wrong choices. So instead of a huge bowl of vegetables that will give you some vitamins and minerals and all the other types of choices that we would make that would support all those organ systems optimally, we're making different choices based on calories. So instead of this whole bowl of vegetables, say three cups of vegetables, which would come to under somewhere around 150 calories, we instead for many choose, say, a protein bar. Same calories if you're lucky, but around the same. But the thing is they have a very different effect on the organ systems and very different effects on messaging to the body. And one of those messaging system messaging to the body is that it's starving because you haven't given it the body, the vitamins and the minerals to function optimally. You're just giving it the calories. The other interesting part of that calorie restriction research is that we didn't actually hear about the full details. We 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 see today this roller coaster dieting, and in the research, what it didn't show is that most of the the um, participants who actually followed that protocol anyway put weight on again, which shows ultimately that we've all been sold a bit of a money making lie. It's highly unsustainable. It's a short term mindset and outcome, and it's not a long term outcome and positive long term process. So my first message I invite you to embrace today is that you can't restrict calories to lose weight without inputting the necessary vitamins and minerals that all of those magnificent organ systems and all the bacteria need to function well without causing some sort of severe harm over time to your incredible body. The next thing on this calorie counting mindset is it has to do with the choice of the bar over the veggies again. Not only are we restricting those essential nutrients, but there is a very important difference in how those products are metabolized and the subsequent consequences within the body. So let's just say we take that 150 calorie protein bar. We eat that over the three cups of veggies. Now, not only on a side note, not only would I prefer the three cups of vegetables because it's more filling and I'm less likely to want to eat more regularly, but not only that, there is a metabolic consequence of doing that. So when we choose the bar and it's 150 calories, it hits a bliss point that releases some dopamine, activates the reward system in the brain, the mesolimbic dopamine system. That mesolimbic dopamine system says, remember everything about this moment, what you're doing, the time, the smells, everything, so that we do that again for that little dopamine hit. So to start with, what we're doing is suggesting that we've had this little dose of calories at 3 p.m. in the afternoon that has sugar in it, and tomorrow at 3 p.m., over time, we're going to need more of it and more of it and more of it. 
But let's just take what happens inside the body from a metabolic and a, a processing um, system. So your gut quickly absorbs the fiber-free sugars in that bar, fructose and glucose. And the fructose goes straight to your liver, manufactures fat, triggers more insulin re- resistance and an elevation, and, and really the signal is to store belly fat. And over time in doing this, because you've activated that mesolimbic dopamine reward system, then you're more likely to be having that more often. And then fatty liver is probably on the cards. And in this profile, you're more likely to be in a state of inflammation, which none of us want. It's the precursor to most of our diseases and feeling crappy. And it also worsens insulin resistance. Fructose is processed usually in some of these processed bars and what it doesn't do we're eating the calories but it doesn't send back information or feedback to the brain to say we've just had something to eat we've got a load of calories and they just hit the body it doesn't produce ghrelin which is an appetite hormone that is usually reduced when you eat food and so the other thing we we have this glucose spike and and that produces insulin And too much insulin production, this hormone response is to signal the body to store fat, generally around the belly. The signal is to increase inflammation, to raise blood pressure, to lower high-density lipoproteins. And like I said before, the brain chemistry response is to, to produce a mesolimbic dopamine system trigger to eat more sugar. And then it also becomes more resistant to leptin, which stop, which usually helps us to feel full. So our body thinks it's hungry, thinks it's starving. And nutritionally, those systems aren't getting what they need either. But broccoli, on the other hand, three cups of that or a mix of vegetables, it won't have a metabolic consequence like sugar. I can even add a, some beautiful, delicious butter or some ghee for those that are lactose intolerant. We can add that. And fat has no metabolic consequence either. So we're not talking about some fats. I'm not suggesting you add canola oil or some of those other hydrolyzed vegetable oils because then the impact is inflammatory. But And and likely the protein bar that you've just had as well, the types of fats that are in that are actually um, hydrolyzed vegetable oils. And so they have a whole bunch of other chemicals in them which are addictive and overload the liver and create acid in the body that destroy your beautiful bacteria. So those minor details don't matter. What I'm suggesting is or what I'm hoping is that you can see what you choose is so much more important to your body on all levels than the calories in them. So with these things in mind, you have my permission to never count calories again. It is time to look at your actions and current status around calories and your metabolism. It is time to ask yourself, do I restrict them? And if so, am I ready to think differently about what I thought I knew about calorie restriction? It's worth asking, do I choose food most of the time? It's not an all or nothing. Most of the time, based on nutrient level, to support those beautiful organ systems, to support the beautiful bacteria, to support your metabolism. Or do you choose foods for pleasure and taste, with sugars, with additives, they might be low calorie, but with all these things that create a metabolic response that it that is inflammatory and fat storing. And if you're nailly sharp enough to change from a short-term outcome and process mindset to one of longevity and health, then you'll really enjoy the next episode because I'm going to simplify the heck out of what you need to do to make that happen. 
And you're also welcome to dive into some additional free training around the body. You just need to click on the link in the show notes or shoot me an email and you can dive straight into that to get some updated truths about your body. Whatever you choose to do, just think about your body as this remarkable vessel that allows you to experience life at a level that is vital and fun and and emotionally balanced if we treat it right. I'm Erin Barnes, and I hope this brings a little more vibrancy, ambition, possibility, and wellness to your week. And if it does, I would be so very grateful if you could contribute your precious time to review the Next Generation Wellness Podcast. (music) 